everybody, and welcome to this installment of the Introverted Poets Podcast double platform feature or bi-platform feature or bi-platform or however you want to say it. Hmm, having a hard time talking. Then again, Mercury is in Leo, so... Hmm. All right, so for those of you not familiar, I am the Geeky Fit Mama. I fill in for Eliana Jade as part of as, as a guest host, and I also help Miss Monroe, who is the face and the person who spearheaded this wonderful idea of doing video casts and video episodes. So yes, this episode will also have an audio component as well as this video component wherever you're watching me at, be it Spotify, Facebook, or Anchor, or also YouTube at the Introverted Poets Podcast channel or on Facebook at the Introverted Poets Podcast official or on Spotify or Anchor or wherever you are, like I said, listening or watching us at the Introverted Poets Podcast. So as part of this amazing season three that we've been having and we're having so much fun with it, we are going to be interviewing an amazing wrestler named Dill Dynamite, Dill Dempsey. And I know a lot of you are probably wondering like, what does a wrestler have to do with poetry? Like, what is, why are you all like interviewing all these people that um, are not necessarily established writers? Well, because for those of you that might not know, um, when it comes to wrestling, our athletes, our superstars, they have to do a component of writing and they have to write out their character. They have to write out some storylines. They have to write out promos and all that good stuff and we're going to be getting into that as we interview Dill Dempsey via this zoom call and it was really hard to get him because he's always on tour if you keep up with him on his Facebook media on his Instagram or with uh, or with five star wrestling or LWA you'll see that him and Kyrie Adams and all the wonderful performers down from five star LWA and all of our wonderful indie wrestlers here from locals locally here in Laredo our guys and gals are always on the road. They're everywhere, out of state, in state. So Laredo has a wonderful talent for not only writers, musicians, poets, fashion designers, artists, and culinary arts. Believe it or not, we do have culinary artists here. We also have amazing, talented wrestlers that go everywhere, whether they are indie or well-known. So join me as I interview Dill Dempsey, Dill Dynamite, Dylan Wells, however you want to call him. So, okay, everybody. So with me for this episode of the Introverted Poets Podcast, I have with me Dill Dempsey, a very long time and good friend of mine. Um, we have a very interesting story, blah, interesting story of how we met. So Dylan, you were out last night doing the circuit. You're always out on the road. So would you like to introduce yourselves and tell the audience a little bit of what you do? Hello, everybody. Uh, just like my good friend there said, my name is Dylan or otherwise Dill for short. I go by Dill Dempsey. I've been wrestling for about eight and a half years. And uh, just like uh, she said right there, I was at a show last night in San Antonio and just got home. And uh, I mean, I'm good to go. I'm used to this. It's called, you know, the adrenaline surge and all that. But uh, it's what I'm in it for. It's the miles. It's the traveling. And well, you know, the physicality of it all. And I love every second of it. Awesome. And so did you realize that you wanted to do wrestling, that this was going to be a big part of your life? 
That's a really good question. Um, seeing when I was younger, I didn't really have any, how would you say, special interests. I was just kind of like a homebody, you know, I'd be on the 64 all day. I'd be watching TV. I was just kind of there. I'd go to school, play video games, homework and repeat. And I was kind of like a wild child. I was like really hard to calm down. I was all over the place. And it wasn't until one night my mom randomly put on some wrestling on TV. And all of a sudden I just sat like a rock and she was like, okay, I think this is going to work. And then as time went on, I started to just be amazed by it, by like all these characters and the physicality and everything. And I'm like, Whoa, this is like, like it was just indescribable. And I eventually got to play the video games with it. And I'm like, you know, I kind of want to do this. This seems really fun. And it's like a healthy way to like get out my anger. If anything is it's like, Hey, if these guys are hitting each other on national TV and nothing's <laughs> it's like, Hey, you know, <laughs> I could eventually do this. And lo and behold, you know, once I turned 18, finally I was able to get the chance to do it. And I haven't looked back since. Okay. And, um, on what like TV, like what was that you were watching? Was it WWE during the attitude era? Was it ECW, WCW? What was the promotion that first made you sit down? It was, the era after the Attitude Era, it was Ruthless Aggression in early 2003. And the funny thing is, the why I remember it so very well is because of the date. It was 3-3-3, March 2003, right before WrestleMania 19. And it's just one of those, you know, once I got to watch Raw and the first match I saw was Jeff Hardy versus Christian. And I was like, yep, I'm hooked. This is pretty cool. And every match afterwards, I'm like, whoa, there's so many people here. Like it's hard to keep track, but it just kept my attention going and it kept me calm the whole night. Amazing. So like, so when you turned 18, like at that point, have you ever been to one of the local shows here in Laredo? Because for those of you not familiar, Laredo's big on American style and Lucha. There's something here for everybody. And it's every week there's something going on here. Oh, yes. And the funny thing is, I always knew WWE and uh, TNA at the time and maybe like Ring of Honor, like when I was on the Internet, like with the forums and all that. But then I never realized it was local independent wrestling. Like it just flew by my head. It wasn't until shout out to my good friend Kyrie. He showed me the LWA and uh, it was ROW, Renegades of Wrestling, back when they were kind of co-joined. And he's like, yeah, dude. uh, downtown they run a show i'm like wait what do you mean downtown he's like yeah there's local wrestlers i'm like oh okay i gotta see it so then this was like when i was about 16 if i'm not mistaken 15 16 and he introduced me to the local scene and from there i was like okay there's a chance (laughs) there's maybe a chance for me to do this and not like go all the way to florida and try you know at the time it's like I'm going to start local and save a lot of money, you know? Yeah, that's very smart. And was this like at Galaxy Billiards when it was still open? I don't know if it's still open. Was this at Galaxy? Ooh, no, this was after Galaxy. This oh. was a, what do you call it? It was like a firefighter's place. It was like right on the border, like on the fence. You could literally see Mexico. It was like oh, right yeah. there. That's cool. Yeah, so it was pretty eerie. It's like, oh, cool. There's a ring there. And I'm like, Oh, there's Mexico, like 
10 feet away from me. Uh Uh-oh. It's okay. (laughs) The violence doesn't get close to the bridge. You have to go further into Nuevo Laredo and at the wrong wrong time or sticking your nose in where it doesn't belong. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've been across and I've been safe, but I just go do what I got to do, go straight back to the bridge and I keep my head down and I don't make eye contact with anybody and I try going like the bag lady. So no. (laughs) Have you been to Nuevo Laredo to wrestle? Actually, one time. How was that? <laughs> it's a very funny story, actually, because a uh, shout out to my good friend, Victor, uh, who also at the time was a luchador in uh, Nuevo Laredo and Laredo. He would cross. Um, he really, um, how would you say it? He really loved how I interacted with the people. And he saw me in a way as like a, a modern day, uh, like I lost the term, but it's what they would call Eddie Guerrero's tag partner in AAA, something like with the gringos, not gringos locos, but something along the lines of like the anti, the anti like pro USA guy that like taunts everybody in like Mexico and like South America and all that, like that kind of guy. So he's like, dude, you should totally give it a shot. And well, I'm not going to lie. I was very nervous at first because I've never been across. Granted, I've lived in Laredo my whole life. So he was with me 100% of the time. He was kind of like my my bodyguard. I was like, yeah, man, just stay with me, please. Yeah. yeah, It was pretty funny because all my nerves kind of came back and forth because we were walking across. We didn't uh, drive because his aunt picked us up right at the bridge on the other side. So we were pretty much safe from there. Oh, yeah, you and, have the, the Nuevo Laredo plate, so like you'll blend in. Yeah. And it was really funny because right on the other side, we were like, I think already in the halfway point, all I hear is, hey, damn. I'm like, what? It's one of my other friends. He's like, what's up, dude? What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm wrestling, man. He's like, yeah, bro, kick it. And he just walks away. I'm like, Amazing. okay. A Laredo fan happened to be over there. They spotted you. Yes, this super random. My good friend was coming back from across. It was like right on the other side. So I was like, okay, I'm cool. And then the nerves came back again because the first thing I see when I come across is this dude fully dressed in military with like oh, so this guy. And I'm like, uh, and Vic was just like, hey, just put your bag there. I'm like, okay. It scans through. And then, like, I get it. I'm like, okay, man, thanks. And I'm like, where's your aunt, man? Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Talk about a culture shock. Yeah, there's a, like, yeah. there's no we're <laughs> on the border and we're right next to an Laredo. There is a huge difference in lifestyle. Very. Like, over there, nobody honks at anybody in the red light. There is no such thing as road rage over there because you just don't know what you're going to get. So, right. yeah, so it's awesome to play it safe. And how old, like, what age were you again when you did, when you went across? This was early 2018. I must have been, yep, I was turning 23, so I was still 22 at that time. Okay, so fun fact, for those of you that don't know, Dylan, Kyrie, and I, we used to train together, and we used to work together at McDonald's as we were trainees at Five Star I had to take a step back to finish my bachelor's and then I became a mom and a master's and all that good stuff. Kyrie and Dylan have 
come a long way and they're my favorite to watch at local shows, especially when it came to uh, doing promos, when we had to do promos. For those of you that don't know, you're probably wondering, like, why are you why do you have this wrestler on here? Like, what's the connection between wrestling, writing and poetry? Well, for those of you that don't know what a promo is, I'm going to let Dylan fill you in because Kyrie and Dylan were my favorite to watch when it was their turn to cut promos on each other. So would you like to fill the audience in on what a promo is in the art of a promo? Oh, of course. Of course. Um, a promo is basically short for promotional or anything promoting anything, you know? So it is pretty important. Like the aspect besides the physicality of wrestling to also be a good promo and that's to endorse yourself, endorse the product, endorse what you're trying to tell. It's like similar in the field of like a movie. What do they do? They promote, they, uh, promote their next project they promote themselves hey i'm gonna be on so and so at 7 p.m on channel blah 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 but then when you reverse it in wrestling it's like hey my name's dill dempsey 7 p.m at the uh blackout training center it's gonna be laredo wrestling alliance presents blah 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 i'll be facing so and so for the heavyweight title and like the thing is to get your message out there because one of the best things i was ever told was how do they know you're there if you don't tell them. And that's why you got to promote, promote, promote. I mean, as annoying as it is to like, Hey, share, 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 share. It really works. Cause some fans nowadays don't know until they actually see it. They're not programmed like, Oh, Saturday, July, blah, blah, blah here. It's like, if they see it and they get a reminder, it's like, okay, now I get it. Okay. Dill's going to be there. Kyrie's going to be there. Everybody, you know? So it's, really just as important as the physicality and the training of it. It's kind of like hand in hand, I would say. Okay. And then the difference between that promo and then cutting a promo on your opponent when you're going to have to go versus when you're in the, like, for those of you that don't know, it's when you see, for example, CM Punk out there in the ring by himself with a microphone, what he's called a pipe bomb. That's also a promo. So like, would you like to tell people the difference between that promo and they're like, I want you to put, um, for example, Spartan on the shelf and cut this promo. Like, what's the difference between that and this promo when it comes to your opponent? Ah, uh, yes, that's a good one. Um, because what I was mentioning earlier is basically a promo for yourself, promoting the show, promoting the product to make sure hopefully people go. But then there's also the scathing promo, which you mentioned. Like, for example, if I'm feuding with a Spartan or with like a Kyrie or anybody local, anybody in general, it's kind of a way to, right. It's kind of to promote that match. And it's kind of like sort of a promise, like, Hey, you and me have been feuding for three months. I've been sick and tired of it. This is finally our grudge match. I'm going to take you out, put you out on the shelf and do it in front of each and every single one of you and Laredo. And basically like building hype to a match, like, the best example I can say for those that more are more mainstream is like a Conor McGregor. He's all talk, but that's how the buy rates go up because that's all he does. He talks, promotes, boom, 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 win, lose, or draw. It's the same thing with wrestling, like a CM Punk. He would talk a lot, but the buy rates would show that it's successful. Like not a lot of people can do that. And that's not a bad thing because some people want a camera on their, um, line or well, what do i you know oh, it's a skill you gotta, yeah 
<laughs> and uh, that's why I'm glad I have like a theater arts background because that helps me with stage fright like, whew, like a lot. <laughs> so you see, guys, there is a reason why there's a podcast called The Art of Wrestling because it is an art. It's a telenovela, but with like more body slams, even though those soaps get kind of ridiculous. Like oh, I yeah. saw one where the chicks were doing backflips and one of them like did like a head scissors on another one. I was like, so they're just not in a ring. They're in a nice home interior decorated living room. Right. Okay. So, and when you do these promos, a skating promo, like what was the, what inspired you? Who is your like go-to inspiration? Is it like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Mr. T or uh, CM Punk or John Cena or uh, Finn Balor? I haven't seen him cut up promo in a while a while yeah oh so, who know i have i haven't rated it but like when we were first getting your hang of that like who was your inspiration Ooh, that's a good one like some of these would be kind of obscure but it's just like some of these guys i'm about to mention as a kid really caught my attention because think about it i was like seven years old when i started so vocabulary at that time wasn't like oh like i'm focused because of this word but i was focused because of their intensity and then the way they had the microphone and like when they would look you dead in the eye on the camera for example the undertaker back when he was the american badass he was just like you know boy you're in my yard and it's like oh god i'm scared of this dude i remember met him in my life like sorry you know uh especially him and then John Cena, like in the mid 2000s, how intense he was, like in his feuds with Edge and Randy Orton. And it's just, you know, hustle, loyalty, respect. And it's like, hey, this guy's kind of like a hero, you know, like to the kids and all that. Exactly. Like John Cena and in a way, Triple H as well, because similar to Taker, it was like slow and deliberate, but you could tell he meant it. And it's like, oh, if you mess with him, you're, yeah, I don't want to be in that guy's shoes, but. This interview, I heard Triple H in my head. I was like, Brock Lesnar. I was pouring coffee and my mom's like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. I had something in my throat, yeah. I was like, nothing, mom, sorry. Mm, Never mind, yeah. She she can't stand that. She's like, you have a master's degree and what are you doing watching these barbarians in underwear squash each other? I was like, mom. But she would still go out there and watch us when we were first starting, like me as a rep, you and Kyrie and Prince and Oscar and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, those were the days. (laughs) Back in 2014. So what was your first match like when you first got there? Where was it? What was the venue? Who was your opponent? Well... I'm more than sure I think you were there for this. It wasn't the one that we were in when I had the two characters, but it was at the same place. That name, that place has changed so many times. I lost track. It's it was a by the LFA, right? Huh? It's the one by the church in the altitude jump place. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. It's like in that plaza-ish area. Richie Rich is that's what he used to be called. It was like a casino. Now it's a greenhouse. Okay, 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 okay. I think I know where it is. I can ballpark it. But you're right. That place does change a lot. I was just a referee. I've never wrestled. I haven't wrestled. I'm just the valet now. Uh, right. We'll see when, if I ever get in the ring. Um, you never know. <laughs> like a hard no right now. But uh, how, how was that match like? Walk us through that. Was I your referee? Um. 
you might have been because I was in a rumble, like a Royal Rumble style match. I remember that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. No, I had to uh, kick you out of the rumble. So, no, don't tell me that was your first match. Um, yeah, it was back in the rumble back when I didn't have gear. I looked like some dude that walked out of Academy. <laughs> uh, and, and Dirty was there, too, right? Yes, he was <laughs> when yeah. he was at the end up top at that time. Yeah. And he oh. had like an entourage of like, I don't know how many kids that were taking care of the heel instead of the face. Yes. So basically to walk you through that, it's just uh, and shout out to Oscar, by the way, because this is when he ran WSP in Laredo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go to a shop a lot with Kyrie and we would just, you know, chit chat. And that was basically our escape zone at the time, especially in the summers. And I was like, look, Oscar, uh, straight up, man, you know, I love this and I want to give this a shot. What do I have to do? Is there like any like requirements or what, how can I get started? And he just looked at me and he's like, so you're 17, right? Cause at the time I was 17. He's like, and I was like, yeah, well, just to be safe, let's wait until you're 18. I have a show in November and we'll work from there. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, and this was November 2013. Yeah. So at the time, I didn't know like requirements as in like what in-ring training was and what psychology was and selling and all that. I was just a naive kid just wanting to get in there, you know? So I went to academy literally bought all these all this gear like knee pads elbow pads shirts kick pads all that stuff just not knowing what i'm doing and i was told i was in a rumble i was like okay cool 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 and uh yeah shout out to prince by the way uh he was basically my first mentor like my first in-ring mentor at that time and he's like oh just yeah just take it easy in there and uh, don't do anything stupid. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I was in there for like maybe a solid five minutes, not knowing what I was doing, but I survived somehow. I got thrown out eventually. And this is memory sticks with me forever. I go to the back and I'm like, Whoa, that didn't really hurt. All of a sudden this big old hand. I'm like, Oh, and Prince is like, how did that feel? I'm like, yep. That hurt. <laughs> yeah, and from there I was like, so how did I do, man? Not knowing anything. And he's like, Well, at least you sold. So that was good. And he just kind of walks off. I'm like, all right, good start. <laughs> After Prince uh mentored you, how did you end up getting into five star? Yeah, that's uh another good question because going back to what I mentioned, uh at that time I didn't understand in-ring training because when people asked me oh do you train i answered yes because i thought that it was like gym you know like i went to the gym and stuff like i did weights and cardio i thought that's what they meant and they left it at that they didn't say oh what school like what training school did you to go to that would have been a different story so i went through 13 in 2014 and i'm not afraid to admit it now basically untrained for the most part minus rolls and a few bumps but that's it like no major moves no mental training as in psychology and movement and footwork so i just kind of got by doing almost nothing and just getting beat up my first year like crazy and it wasn't until honestly 
it might have been like spring 2015 when I first went to ROW because of Kyrie. Shout out to Kyrie uh, and rest in peace, Victor Southside Romero. He was the one that kind of gave me my first chance and saw that I basically knew lick, you know, just front roll, back roll, and then blank. <laughs> so they started me from the ground up when it came to basics. And it wasn't until the fall of 2015, right when I got in contact with Ben, because of, again, Kyrie, him and Ben were kind of talking. And I knew Spartan because him and my mom worked together for years at United High School. So they knew each other because of being oh, work. Put on accent. I'm just kidding. Hey, arms up. <laughs> ah, Spartan's a traitor. He was a Mustang and went to United. Now I'm just kidding. Not I love this. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this was um, back when Ben was still the uh, head trainer at the time. And he, me and him met, I think it was after a WWE show. We all kind of tailgated after, and it was like a group of us. And he wasn't like an interview process, but it was kind of like, okay, um, are you sure you want to do this? This is going to be completely different I than probably hear Ben's voice asking you. And I can already picture the body language. Right. <laughs> Good old. That's his yeah, shout out to Ben. <laughs> shout out to Ben. Lots of love for Ben. We, we want to get him and Marcello on the show. We want to get all you guys on the show. We want to do like a wrestler roundtable. Wrestling roundtable, yeah. In the future. So, yeah, whenever we can get you guys down, that is, because I know you all of you are super busy. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> so then uh, back to what I was... Oh, yeah, we had that little meeting and... Uh, Eventually, it was probably not even a couple months later. Finally, I was told, okay, here's the schedule. Here's the address. Um, it's so-and-so per month. Please bring knee pads and uh, just get ready. And I'm not going to lie. I was extremely nervous because I know of Ben's reputation. It's out of respect. It's nothing like, oh, he's like, this dick or anything. No, he's like, he's a hard ass, but in a way out of respect, like he expects you to work. He wants the best out of you. Like he pushes you. And I never had that in a long-term sense. No, yeah. So I, uh, yeah. So then whew, the first day I went, I kind of got a uh, refreshed on my basics again. And he's like, okay, well, you have a lot of potential show up again on Thursday. Cause this was a Tuesday, Thursday thing. And, uh, eventually when I started going, Kyrie was along with me, you were there with me. A couple of others were there. It was like a little small class, you know? So I felt, okay, cool. I'm not alone in all this. Whew, I'm going to struggle with people too. Phew. I'm not going to be the only one like, uh, what's up. You know? <laughs> and it was really fun. Cause <laughs> I'm a perfectionist and I'm one of those that if I don't get it right the first time I get very upset with myself but I've learned to chill out on that because it's like, no, dude, like this is where you're going to learn to level up. Like this is where you have to fail 10 times. And then in the 11th time you get it right. And then you're going to have to do it another 10 times until you program it that way. So yeah. I thank all of you all and it's Ben and all the trainers for getting me out of that. Like you need to get out of that. Like you're not going to get it right the first time. And if you do good for you, very small percentage, but you're not going to. And this is a work in progress for everybody. Yes, I agree. And it was kind of the opposite for me. Like 
I, if I didn't get something right, I wouldn't get angry, but I just feel like very, like, like very discouraged and just my self-esteem would drop even more when it was been like, Hey, it took me years to do this and that. No, you're going to do it right. Blah, blah, blah. Don't be bad about yourself. If you can't get it right, do it again Thursday. And finally it was like, okay, out of 99 tries a hundred times, that's the way I'm going to get it, you know? So he give up easily at least, you know, and I ended up being the final graduate under his class. So Spartan took it over like a year and a half later or so. So, I mean, I'm glad I have that accolade under me at least, you know. The only accolade I have is that I'm a ref and a valet now and that I learned how to do the head scissors like that. That's hey. it. <laughs> More than most, honestly. So big props. <laughs> It was weird when I stepped back into it in San Antonio. I was there training with Sean and Marcelo and the guys. And like, yo, I overshot like the runs and the jumps now. Like Ben was like, you don't weigh nothing now. So like, you don't have to put that much force. Like, yeah, (laughs) easier now. It's like, okay, but I still got to get the rest out. But yeah, like. Mm. the gym totally saved me because if I had not been working out I just would have probably like died we close this out and we do the part two promote yourself where are you going to be at this weekend what shows you got coming up all right well I've got a Saturday and Sunday bundle uh today is one of my off days quite frankly here on this Friday so surprisingly Right. So Saturday, I'm going to be up at Loco Wrestling at the Houston Premier Arena in Houston. And going back down South Sunday, I'm going to be at the uh, Elks Lodge in Harlingen for uh, TWE. So it's going to be quite the road trip this weekend. And who are you going with? Any more local people or any of the ladies going? Because we do have female wrestlers, guys, and they're awesome. Like Roxy. Oh, yeah. She signed. Five star. Oh, yeah. And um, I sometimes go at it solo, but now sometimes there's a carload of at least three to four different wrestlers. It's kind of like a loop. And um, yeah, the women are really killing it. And they're soon going to hit the road very soon, too, as well. It looks like. I can't wait to see what Didi and SJ Vega get up to. Like, I want to see more of them. (laughs) Yeah, shouts out to them, too, as well. They're killing it. I love to watch them. Like, I just like to watch all the ladies because when I started, um, it was just a bunch of dudes and then me. So, yeah, from across, yeah. those girls are like on a like, whole other level. Like, <laughs> yeah. Girls are amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dylan. I hope you have safe travels. I hope you and the guys and gals get the victories. I hope you have some fun promos. Feel free to send us any link so we can see you, so we can promote you. And I can't wait to continue this part, too. I am so sorry for all the delays. Oh, it's all good. Thank you so much. This is really fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So, OK, thank you. Maybe you can get Kyrie on with you next time. Oh, yeah, for sure. That'd be- <laughs> we can have you, too. OK, everybody. And with that concludes the Zoom call of the first part of the interview with Dill Dempsey, Dill Dynamite. 
Um, you can catch him on part two with Miss Monroe coming up next week. So for those of you, this has been the Introverted Poets Podcast. Feeling in for Ileana Jade. I am Clarissa Ann, also known as the Geeky Fit Mama. Be sure to catch Dill Dempsey down at the VSR Arena. They're right behind the Jet Bowl. And they are a five-star promotion. They have wrestling every Monday. And also be on the lookout for Luchadores too. I know um, Ishan Duna promotes the Luchadores. And I'm always posting flyers on the Tarot channel for my Tarot channel, readings from Neptune to Row. And on here on the podcast, even on the birthday shoutouts, if you want somebody to have a birthday shoutout, email me, Ileana Jade from IPP at gmail.com. That's the boss lady, introverted poet society at gmail.com, poet introverted at gmail.com, or you can contact Miss Monroe directly or me at Clarissa and dot 91 fit since the geeky fit mama's been shadow banned. Oh well, it is what it is. But yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful night. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Catch me and Miss Monroe tomorrow at La Lunada for the Mystic Market Fest. Miguel Ricky Martinez is going to be out there. Uh, Cindy Bernal is also going to be out there selling books, autographing books. I'm going to get my copy of Looking Into Infinity Signed. And you all need to read this book. It's beautiful. Like... Mm. And if y'all haven't catched Cindy or Ricky Martinez's episode, be sure to be on the lookout for that. And as always, this has been Clarissa Ann Valdez. Hope you all stay safe out there. Sending you nothing but love, light, and healing vibes. And be sure to catch part two with Miss Monroe. Good night.